0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Bliwa Gavaza, and for today, we are in Waterfall at uh, AWS's uh, offices. We're talking to uh, the VP, that's the Vice President and Managing Director for Europe, Middle East, and Africa, that is uh, Tanuja Randeri, and we're going to be talking to her about, uh, I guess, South Africa's place in the universe, but more importantly, skills, uh, because one of the things that we've spoken about quite a number of times on this platform is uh the emergence of ai and uh, artificial intelligence over the last year not to say it's a new technology but it's definitely become mainstream um, you know during that period and uh, we're going to be having a conversation about skills and you know what type of investment needs to go into that space So, Tanuja, greetings to you today.
1: Thank you for having me. Delighted to be on the podcast.
0: I understand you're in the country for just a few days.
1: I am, but it's not my first time. Yeah. I have a special place in my heart for Africa, both because you just have such a wonderful region here, and I do enjoy my safaris with the family, but also because we've got such a vibrant team and customer base here in, um, in Africa broadly. I'm here for a couple of days visiting customers, partners, the team, um, and we'll be back in Cape Town in August.
0: And speaking of that work, when we say that you're the VP and MD uh, for Europe, Middle East and Africa, what are you actually looking after in the business?
1: I'm responsible for our business across Europe, Middle East and Africa. So across all of those countries, which means really looking after our customers and our partners and our teams that are working together to drive cloud acceleration and migration to the cloud. And we have a team of people that spans industries spans geographies, spans a variety of segments from very large customers in the enterprise to our startup community, uh, our developer community, and then obviously all of the teams that support them from a technical and business development perspective.
0: And when it comes to South Africa's place in your universe, maybe you could t- contextualize that Um, we often have a lot of uh, uh people that will be, you know, uh, listening to this, you know, they are fund managers, they are executives, you know, maybe they want to just understand where you guys fall and the level of investment that you guys have. I understand that uh, you guys have a lot of money that you've, uh, you know, uh, already invested in South Africa, but have earmarked for the country going forward.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Um, I mean, we have been in South Africa for a very, very long time. Actually, one of our um, core products was actually developed here uh, in South Africa, which is EC2. Um, And uh, we've now grown to be a very big organization across all of our AWS teams here. Uh, We started our first region, which is, you know, the deployment of our data center infrastructure in Cape Town. Uh, We've now announced that we will be also deploying a local zone in Johannesburg next year. Uh, We've continued to invest and we'll get on to in a moment in in skills. Um, In total, we are going to be investing about 30 billion rand over the next years up to 2029. Um, And that will take our uh, investment that we've already done to date and coming investment to 44 billion rand. So it is a substantial place for us and we're very excited about what the economy holds.
0: Now, let's talk about, you know, what that investment actually means. Um, and when I say that, I mean 20 years, you know, that's, you know, from my knowledge, that's roughly the relationship that AWS has with South Africa. I understand that, uh, you know, the platform that you're talking about, EC2, was around, you know, the early 2000s. I believe it was 2004, if I, you know, if, I, if I'm if i correct. And uh, my question is just more around where we are now how do we ensure that we can get, you know, more such developments, right? How do we have the, the skills necessary, the people? How do you make that happen so that a country in South Africa can continue uh, to contribute, you know, to a business like AWS?
1: Yeah, I, look, I'm personally quite passionate about this topic, um, only because, you know, growing up, I got the gift of education from my father. And, you know, I think it's so important for us to lean into this, uh, particularly now with technology moving at such a pace. But I really believe we're on the brink of an unprecedented opportunity to drive growth in our economies across the world and definitely here in South Africa, and I say the broader African subcontinent. Um, we did some research um, a couple of years ago where the adoption of cloud computing, digital AI, and ML technologies showed the, pros- the potential of almost 2.8 trillion euros of economic value to be added by 2030. Now that's across the uh, European uh, economy. But if you dig into that in particular, half that value comes from cloud AI and ML. The unfortunate thing is we don't yet have quite the pace of adoption that we'd like. And the biggest barrier is exactly what you've teed up. The biggest barrier is not technology anymore. The biggest barrier is skills. Most of the companies we talk to will say that they cannot get digital, and AI skills, yeah. right? And that is why we are so um, focused and intent and purposeful about investing in skills. Um, I don't know if you're aware, we made a commitment to train for free 29 million people around the world by 2025. And uh, our CEO announced at reInvent that we'd hit the 21 million mark, you know, which is super exciting. And If I translate that to Africa... That's 300,000 people trained for free in Africa already. And this is super important because if we don't train, there will be fewer people in the digital economy, and actually the jobs of the future are going to come from digital investment and acceleration.
0: The question I do have to ask from what you're saying, because it certainly sounds, like you said, the biggest bottleneck is the skills, right? And from a person who's, maybe I sit somewhat inside of the industry, it would seem that there's a lot of... Um, provision of skills that's being offered, right? Left, right, and center, you see so many people that are advertising, you know, skills around the areas that you've just spoken about. Now, um, artificial intelligence has now become the big thing. And so many people are offering the courses, you know, around AI and all this. So one might look at it and think, oh, but you know, there's so much of this skills development that's happening. How can this be a bottleneck?
1: Yeah, it's a very good topic. There is actually a lot, and that, and that's really encouraging for us to see, right? Whether it's public or private, you know, many of our customers here are reskilling. It's not only about skills for early career talent, but it's also reskilling employees, right? Because they have to go from legacy environments to the cloud. It's quite a big shift in the way you work. I mean, if I just lean into the generative AI point for a moment. The technology has got to a tipping point where it's going to have the potential of augmenting work work processes. It's going to accelerate and bring speed. It's going to bring more productivity, by the way, to the work that we do. And I think it can really transform the way we work, live and play, right? So in terms of the skills that are being offered up, we need to make sure that the people that are taking in these skills are being trained on the core of cloud, digital, AI and ML. As an example, we uh, invested uh, last year, and I was super excited to be here actually for it. We opened the Cape Town Skills Center. Um, And the reason we did that is people can walk in off the street and take training. Affordability is important, right? Because you can make skills available, but if it cannot be afforded, or I don't have the opportunity because, do you know what? I can't travel from my city to another to be able to access those skills, then it becomes very difficult. So this is why we're so keen on democratizing access to AI, to data, to learning. And by offering free courses, it just makes it easier for people to take it on. And we've just seen, you know, it's been so so exciting to see the (laughs) take-up. We're almost running out and oversubscribed at all times in the skills center. So I, I do think that we have to lean in through universities, um, through online courses, through things like the skill center that we have, through things that we do with our customers like Standard Bank. You know, we've been, by the way, training their team uh, through an Africa Innovation Lab, as an example. We have a development center in Nairobi that we've opened. So there's, you're right, we need to make it available where people are living and working and make it affordable for them to take advantage of.
0: Last year, I was I had the opportunity to visit some technology companies in India, mm-hmm. and India is a fast-growing tech market. You know, across the board, whether you're talking fintech, whether you're talking, um, you know, e-commerce, education is is a big thing. But education as a whole around the world has sort of been in a somewhat of a decline. Um, especially the online providers and all that. And one of the things that we were discussing at the time is to say, if you are in a world of generative AI, artificial artificial intelligence, what is the appropriate approach to education? And I would want to pick your brain on this. And when I say appropriate, uh, you know, means, I mean, Are we sitting and, you know, reading theory about what is AI, right? Or are we, you know, trying to educate people on how to best use, you know, the AI?
1: That's a great question. And I I think it's always a bit of both Um, because education is always a bit theoretical and then application is really key. And that's why we actually offer a mix of things because I don't think it's one or the other. You know, I mean, for example... Uh, we have just, and I'm very excited actually to share this news with you, but we've launched something called um, AI Ready. And it's a skills program where we're going to train 2 million people around the world by 2025 on AI skills in particular. And that's going to span things like model development, tuning of models, prompt engineering, how do you do that really well, yeah. a bit of coding, right? Because at the core of AI is data at the end of it all. So it's all of those things. It's through uh, curriculum you take when you go on to AWS Skill Builder, by the way. Um, we launched something called Party Rock. I don't know if you've heard of this, by the way, but it's an app building playground that people can actually use and test um, their skills on, which is excellent, right? So I do think you're right. I think it's practical and theoretical training. I always encourage our teams, and I was in a all hands this, this afternoon with my team, and I said, every one of us has to Read the documentation, learn how to use Bedrock, which is, you know, the the Amazon um, managed services infrastructure that we are offering our customers because we believe in really democratizing access to AI and it offers access to multiple models in a very secure fashion. But I've told my team, get to learn Bedrock, get to learn Party Rock, get to learn how to use Q, which is our latest um Uh, launch that we did at reInvent, Amazon Q, which really enables you to develop business insights from the data that you have. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all of the above. It's really critical. And we've got to take our, we've got to each take ownership of learning and development all of the time. You know, I'm sure you do that. I, I know I do that for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I like the fact that you've brought up uh, um, some of the platforms that AWS is, you know, bringing out to the market, you know, to help people, you know, obviously, you've got the skills, but you've also got the enterprise piece of, you know, how you actually use that Um, at the moment, um, whatever you can share. You know, where's AWS in terms of uh, the platforms? Is there a specific AI that's being, you know, um, that you guys are pushing into the market or is it multiple case dependent, you know, type of uh, approach?
1: I believe we have the most unique approach to this. Um, And actually it's not just me, you know, you can read about it in a number of different articles. But when we came out with our Bedrock uh, program, the reason we did it that way was for three reasons. One is, we knew that customers wanted access to multiple models. We don't believe there's a winner takes all yeah. model. Um we have our own by the way, Amazon Titan model, but we also through Bedrock offer you access to for example, we offer you access to Stability AI. Yeah. We offer you access to the the latest in terms of the Falcon models, right? Um we are, we offer you access to Anthropic Uh, AI, um, AI AI21, all of the others. And we work with partners like Hugging Face to be able to also offer tools through their platform. So our approach, and by the way, this is something that is in our DNA. We've always believed in making access available to multiple options and not just one option. The second thing about the approach we've taken, by the way, is security. And security for us is literally job zero. You know, we do not get out of bed before we figure that out. And I think with the secure, uh, with the infrastructure that we provide with Bedrock, it's a managed services infrastructure, which means you can access that, uh, those multiple models, without having your own and building your own infrastructure. But you can also do it in a virtual, private, secure uh, way so that your data remains with you. And that I think is something that everyone should be aware of is the security of your data is critical. And then I think the third thing that's also very important is the chips. Because, you know, the cost of actually creating models, fine-tuning models, is a lot. So we've been also investing in chips. You know, We launched our Tranium chips and our Inferential chips, and we can get into more detail with that with you. Um, And then finally, on top, it's productivity tools. So over all of that, you've got things like Code Whisperer, which make it easier and faster for software developers to create code. So that, that, that's kind of the approach we've got and we're gonna keep doing that, keep investing in broadening that platform and at the same time working with our partners to reduce hallucinations um, and put guardrails in place to get uh, AI to be extremely responsible.
0: Certainly very important, uh, very important points, especially the security one, you know, a lot of debate around how do you ring fence uh, an organization's data, you know, when it comes to some of these, uh, especially the large language models and where we can end off today, because I am cognizant of time sort of bringing everything together. You started off today's conversation talking about how you're in the country, you've been interfacing with a lot of partners, clients and the like. How do you feel about the AI conversation from your, you know, from your interactions, you know, at that level?
1: I think it's captivated the hearts and minds of all boards, all executives, uh, and technologists, right? And yeah. I think that is why, coming back to your point about education, I think it's not only about technology, but it's about business because at the end of the day, technology is here to enable your business outcomes and your business transformation. And it's there to be applied to use cases and solutions, whether that be improving the customer experience or R&D, for example, or a wonderful example is the work we're doing with Huron AI, I don't know if you know them, but we're working with them with Bedrock, um, as I described, to be able to provide um, access to cancer care uh, and make it more accessible in Rwanda, in Kenya, for example. hearts and minds captivated i think where people want to go with ai though and generative ai is they want to go from pilot to production and so what we are doing is working super closely with our customers and a number of examples around the world um, to really get them to those what i would call needle moving opportunities that drive growth productivity and innovation and i do think if we focus on skills if we focus on the business use cases if we focus on making it available to people, if we focus on responsibility and security, I think AI can unlock just incredible potential for all of us.
0: Okay, cool. So skills, use cases, uh, responsible use and then dem- democratizing the technology. Uh, that was us who were talking to Tanuja. It's been a really great discussion. Uh, just talking about AI and where it falls, um, you know, in the technology landscape today. Uh, you know, talking about the fact that uh, you know if you're going to have an AI strategy, which is something that every business needs to have um, right now, you do need the skills, um, you know, to make uh, make that happen. Either the technical skills that are going to help with the model building, the code, and the like. Or, you know, the actual use. You know, I personally think prompt engineering is probably where many of us need to get things right because it's nice to have this AI, but, you know, making effective use of it is quite something else. So that was us. We're with Tanuja, who is uh, the vice president and managing director for uh, Europe, Middle East, and Africa over at Amazon Web Services.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter with hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on IONO.FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Murillo Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So, from my myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning